Hello, my bear. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so crazy on the first clip. Just excited to talk to you. Oh, I'm excited too. I'm excited that this is our second podcast. Second podcast. Oh yeah. We love you. <laughs> um, th- um, go back to the first one if you want to hear about that. <laughs> totally didn't expect that. Pretty smooth. Getting them to watch your first podcast. Yeah, why not? It was pretty good, I think. Pretty smooth. Don't you think so? Definitely. Yeah. So what's today's topic? I was thinking marshmallow and s'mores. I love s'mores. Oh, God. You see, the best part about marshmallows is when you roast them over a nice, toasty fire. Okay, let's not go there. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I don't get it. (laughs) What's going on? Let's talk about, I think, a topic that everybody's curious about probably talking about you moms and dads not so much probably moms more but kids uh, what do we think of kids oh this do we want kids this one's a big topic yeah oh, i boy. i even had to take out take my my little notebook here because your hit list what's a hit list don't worry about it okay you hit somebody it better not be me i just wrote your Oh man, (laughs) I'm so sad. (laughs) Um, But uh, yes, kids. So we're gonna talk about kids, and I even have a notebook for it because I had it. I took it's. I took a bunch of notes. This Mm. is where journaling does come in handy when I have thoughts and I want to expand on it more. I'm glad you started journaling. Yeah, I add a compilation of questions that I would ask myself, and. And basically, I just spend time every week answering these questions. I see. So what's one of the questions that you wrote about kids? <sighs> well, okay. This one is a question for you. Oh, okay. I like the challenge. Come on. Give it to me. Do you want kids? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that I would. But I think right now is not the right time to have kids. For sure. Yeah. I, I don't just, think so either. I just feel that even though I'm 32 years old. Um, you are? You look like you're 22. I'm the same age as you. I have the same, we have the same birthdays. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell people you're younger if you want that. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't think it matters to you, though. Um, Cause you, you, but, but to be fair, you do look very young. Thanks. I've been using a lot of nice skincare products that was specifically chosen by my husband. That's me. I know. I know. It's right, you. Right, let's get let's get back on topic. Okay. Rambling, but, okay. But um, yes. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm I'm 32 years old, and even though most of my peers, I would say, would have kids already, they're probably about like two or three years old. And I just feel that... Two or three years old. You mean two or three years older? No, the kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. My yeah. Bad. Yeah. And and so, uh, you know, I just kind of have this peer pressure from not just my peers, but um, a little bit from family, like expectations of having kids, especially after we got married. And I just feel that I'm just not ready for kids. Well, to be fair, I actually think that our parents were more um, receptive, like of the idea that we weren't ready to have kids yet. I don't mm. think we actually got. A, I didn't feel like we had a lot of pressure from either of our parents. 
actually, I don't th- really think we talked about kids per I se. I think we briefly them. mentioned that we weren't ready. I, I think when we were in Thailand, when they met up with us, right? No, no, that was way too early. We didn't even talk about getting married back then yet. Oh, wait, never mind. That, that was like, like my parents' like first meeting you yeah, or something. Yeah, that was my no. dad so, was. So it wasn't like, like <laughs> no, we didn't even talk about that. That would be weird to talk on the table. But like, yeah, we haven't I, gotten married yet, but you know, we were thinking about kids. <laughs> then my dad would be like, what the? <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> but of course, my mom really likes you, so. I hope so. Yeah, she does. She thinks, Yay! She thinks you're a good boy. And especially when I tell her things like, oh, yeah, he's always caring for his parents. He's always cooking for them and helping them around the house. And, you know, she sees that as a good trait for a son. I appreciate it, but I don't see those as things to be um, glorified for, like complimented Mm -hmm. on for, because they're just so simply part of who I am and my value. So I don't feel as if I need the praise to do it. To me, it just comes naturally because I've that's one of the values I wanted to cultivate. Yeah. Well, I think she she likes that value of yours. Right. Which yeah. goes to really well into one of the topics that I have in my notebook, which is actually what value do you think is most valuable for a parent to have? Value, eh? In terms of like how like for kids specifically or yeah like or just like in like, general yeah it's, let's say you're if you're a parent what value would you want to have that you believe is important for your kids so for example mine is trust and this is this is personally like a huge one for me because um when i went to i, I, I used to go to uh lincoln elementary mm. and i went there until fourth grade and the thing is, I've been there for a few years, and I've made, I've had, I, I've had a group of really, really good friends that I really liked. But then during the summer, my mom was like, "Oh, John, you know, I really need you to take this, um, this summer admissions test because I want you to be able to do one summer session at this private school called Challenger." And to me, I was like, "Ooh, All private right. school! Like, that sounds like, pretty good, right?" Uh, like, you know, okay. Let's just let's just let's not go there, but let's just talk. Let's just say that it's definitely one of the most traumatizing moments of my life because when I went there and I took went to the I took the admissions test, and the summer was fun because summer was like I met new friends there. You know, everyone's part time or from different schools, and they just go there for summer school. Hmm. But when summer ended and I was about to go back to school like a month before my school started and I was looking forward to going to my friends and, and, and talking with them and playing with them, my mom told me that the test that I had taken was actually for the enrollment of fifth grade at that new school that I had no connections to. I didn't have a single friend there. And I was so, so angry. Man, did you express that anger to your mom? Or? Yeah, I was angry, but how, like, 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 what it, did you do? Like, did you just yell or something? Yeah, well, or? I don't, I don't even remember honestly. Like, oh. I'm sure I yelled. I'm sure I threw whatever tantrum a eleven, twelve year old boy could. Ten, yeah, and but there was no going away from it. And the reason why my mom tricked me was because at that time my brother was always always hanging out with a bad group of kids because I think he was in high school at the time. And uh, whoa. Whoa. 
our oh sorry our, our technical difficulties. Alexa, lights on. <laughs> oh, wasn't that magical or what? <laughs> yeah. Normally we're supposed to be sleeping at this time, which is probably around ten. But but things got a little a little late because we were just talking about other stuff. But anyways, yeah, um, yeah. So my brother was hanging with a group of bad kids, and supposedly I don't know this for sure, but my mom got so terrified that I would also be influenced that she decided I really need to send John to private school, but. It totally ruined me. Like, it ruined ev- all the trust that I had with my mom completely. And this was for years. Oh, right? wow. That's a it, it was long grudge, because, I guess. Because it was so bad. People at a private school, the biggest issue is that when they grow up, they grow up, they go there from, let's say, kindergarten or first grade or second grade, and, and, and they're young. And they stay there until eighth grade. And because smaller sc- private schools have smaller classes you basically know everyone that's in that class. Oh, so everyone's like tight-knit. They have everybody, their own friend niche. Yeah, everybody has their own friend niche and their, their own groups. And I was a complete outsider along with like maybe two other kids. And so it was so traumatic for me that I tried to literally do everything I could to get expelled or left. Like I literally, <laughs> what did you do? I like- literally Google like, can I be expelled for having bad grades at a private school? And the truth is you can't. So I f- Wait, you can't? You can. So oh, I okay. flunked all my classes. <laughs> and I remember feeling a little guilty because I was like, my parents were spending a lot of their hard-earned money. And they were. They were spending a lot of their How hard-earned money. How much were these like, private schools? Because I, re- I never went to I a private remember, school. I don't remember, but it was expensive. And I felt bad. But mm. at the same time, I kept thinking... Mom, you made me do this. This is your punishment, Mom, because you put me through this. And this was an experience I never asked for. And I was a good kid. At the time, I was a good kid. Mm. So really, really made me rebellious, especially in my teen years. And um, I've forgiven her since then. But for the longest time, it was so difficult because even though I know she did it for my sake right for the good of me i just lost my trust and, yeah and that's that's exactly why trust for me is huge if i ever have a kid i am not gonna lie to him or her because it's too easy to break trust i trust think, takes years I think it's one hurt. of those things where if you break it it's really hard to recover from yeah yeah it yeah. wasn't that there's was that saying uh trust takes years to earn and like minutes to break yeah it's kind of like if if a partner cheat on that or yeah and obviously i mean how long do you until you finally trust that partner to be like i'm not gonna it's, have an affair really, with anybody really tough. yeah right but i'm just curious like if that was a few years where you felt um like your mom betrayed you in that sense when did you start to gain her trust again Honestly, um, I guess I grew up. I guess it was not worth being angry at my mom because I love my parents and that's just who I am and what I do. Mm, and, I see. And of course, as you and 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 to be fair, after I flunked that year, I flunked that year. I thought they were going to transfer me to public school, but they didn't. And they instead transferred me to another branch of the same private school. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it sounds terrible, but it was actually a lot better because that school was newly established, meaning that everybody there is had、new. only been there for one year, and most of the people there were many people who were new, so it was a lot easier to fit in. I think I fit in pretty well at the school. Yeah, I think just given your personality, it should be easier for you to. Uh, mingle with fighters.、Uh, like, well, like well I, when I was in fifth grade, definitely not. In sixth grade, it got better, and the seventh got better. I think that was when I like developed my character that I mostly have today more.、Mm. So maybe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was that was not fun. But if you had to say that you needed to have a value, like what is the most important value to you as a parent to a kid? Oh, man! If if I had to choose a value, I would probably choose transparency and being upfront、that's、about what you're thinking and what you want to say. That, that, that's a good one. There、yeah. is also no trust without transparency. Yeah, because a big reason I I say this is because my family tends to, you know, hide from the problems and. You, know, you mean every family? Is it? No. It's it's actually it's actually a psychological bias. Like, uh, well, well, there there's a lot of them. But like, for example, you take confirmation bias, right? If you, <clears throat> let's say that you believe in one thing, you're literally more your brain is literally more inclined to look for the things that support the answer that you want. Meaning that even if you come across a piece of evidence that Conflicts against the idea, you are way more likely to dismiss it because it doesn't follow your belief.、Mm. So it's a cognitive bias there. Then, like there are a lot of these that make people really want to hide away from their problem or not、yeah. think about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's because my family generally doesn't like to face confrontation. They would rather hide,、uh, run away from it, or. Maybe just like have somebody else do the the dirty problem for them. Like you know, what's、it. funny? What this was you. Do you remember? There、uh, were times. There were times when we had an argument, and then you just you just said, "You know, I can't be here." You just took off. You just drove <laughs> off. I, to, I I think to, that you stems just from drove, my family. You just drove off to a parking lot, and then you wouldn't answer your phone or your text, and then it's like. I, I'm sure. I'm sure everyone can relate, but you literally did that at every confrontation, even all the things. I think it also depends、important. on the person's personality, right? Because right. I think some people are more confrontational. Like they would just go up to your face and tell you well, exactly、no. what they feel or、I、think, was, well, or get angry okay, and okay, upset. Okay, but I think I think I think back then you confuse my conf- you confuse confrontation with transparency, because I was transparent in telling you how I felt like. Oh, I wish you would not do this because it is a little bit disrespectful to me, et cetera, et cetera, like stuff like that. And then you would suddenly be really sad, and you'd run and you'd cry, and I'd be like, "Oh my gosh." Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to work on that. I know that. Oh, I, you're 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 so much so much better than before. You've learned so much. You don't run from your problems anymore. If anything, you、to. calm down and you analyze it. Like you are. Leaps away from who you once were. Yeah, I think、um, w- one of the one of the things I remember when we had an argument was when、uh, 
you know, I was I was doing running errands in the house, cleaning, cleaning the bathroom, I think, and vacuuming the floor. And I think you were talking with your parents about uh, marrying me, which obviously is a big deal. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. One. And then you came up to me and then you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I was done telling my parents, you know, guess what I told them? And I was so immersed into what I was doing that I just kind of brushed it off. I'm like. I'm like, look, look there, look at the floor. It's so clean, isn't it? Yeah, and I was like, no. and I was like, yeah, and and I, and that was when I after I told you about the marriage, and yeah. so the marriage, you're like, you're like, oh yay, cool, and then you're like, look, look, oh my god, look at the floor, <laughs> it's so clean. And I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? The level of your of your enthusiasm for the clean floor versus the marriage, I was like, yeah, and what? and and I don't I don't know why, but I. I just didn't really see the broader picture, and yeah. uh, this this is kind of like my fault on my end because now I realize how uh, silly I was for being upset when you told me like, "Hey, you know what's going on in your head?" Yeah, like, and with a serious look, like like I did something wrong, and I'm like, "What did I do wrong?" No, it it, it just scared me because I was like, "What are you thinking?" Like. Yeah, like, I think, or shouldn't you be more excited about this? Yeah, and and I think you said that because of my enthusiasm, you thought that I wasn't interested in marrying you, maybe, or or in the whole yeah. marriage thing. Yeah, because well, it, it, the thought crossed my mind is because like we we did this so last minute. Yeah, right. We like we talked of marriage before, but we were like, oh, we we were ready, and then and then uh, eventually it morphed to like. We really want to respect our parents' wishes because we do know Chinese tradition. They want to have a bigger wedding. Yes. And so we wanted to give them that when we had the financial means. But we decided last minute not to because of the coronavirus. And then also because we just wanted to... Our parents are getting old. Yes. And we don't want to miss any opportunities. Yes. And so we decided to. But I was still excited about that marriage. So I didn't want you to... I didn't want... I wanted to make sure you didn't do it out of obligations because of those reasons, because of one coronavirus, because of two, um, our parents, our parents, yes. right? I wanted you to actually also be excited about the wedding. So I was like, you know, are you sure you really want to get married now? Because we don't have to. Yeah, I, this this was totally on me, and I I just wasn't able to switch my attention, my focus. Yeah, uh, I'm not very good at that. And so the whole time I was thinking, oh my, oh man, like, why is he so serious? Did I, you know, is he hinting at something that I did wrong? And I wasn't sure at first, yeah. you know, I was like, yeah, I'm cleaning. I'm trying to help out with the house and everything. Yeah. And, and then I just started crying because I wasn't sure what I did wrong. And, and that's when I, when I, that's when I just stormed out because I was really confused. I was like, I need some time to yeah. think, uh, about this whole situation. So I just went out the backyard and started you know thinking reflecting upon what i did and uh let's just say if you're if you're really upset and you're trying to think out your thoughts it's always going to turn out for the worst because i was going through a really uh negative vicious cycle of of thoughts yeah uh not very good and i'm writing about this right now which you'll see later but yeah, I'm excited. It, yeah, but it doesn't sound good. Uh, <laughs> what I what I'm excited about is your growth through this, being able to be aware of it in the first place, and actually have the resolve and the courage to work through it, and that is impressive, and super admirable. And I'm proud of you for that. Thanks, my bear. 
Yeah. And then, you know, after all those vicious thoughts, I just decided, okay, I'm going to grab my journal because that's usually what helps me and write down the whole situation objectively and figure out why I'm crying, why I'm so upset. And I realized, okay, it really wasn't your fault for confronting me with a, a serious tone about this whole, you know, oh, I told my parents I'm going to, we're going to get married. Yeah. And it was really my fault for not taking this seriously. Yeah. And, and, you know, later on I came up to you, I think after like five or 10 minutes, yeah, which is actually that. really fast because yeah. normally I would cry mm. for over an hour and not talk to him at all. Yeah. But this was like way back then. Like you haven't had one of those for years. Mm, to yeah, be I don't fair, think right? So. You haven't had one of those for years. Like now, like five, 10 minutes is really, really fast. But for for me, at least, yeah, but, but, <laughs> I'm trying but to cut it down. At least now you're, it doesn't really usually take you more than 20 minutes. Yeah. I, th- this is just like a work in progress. And so that's why I'm, you know, I'm trying to break my habit from like what my family has kind of raised me to be like run away from your problems and try to tackle it head on because I think that's really important. And I think that if I have a kid and I'm able to communicate to her in the most open and honest way about how I feel or, or why, then I feel that it's a good example for the kid because then we wouldn't have to, you know, really defend ourselves and have this, have this grudge against each other. Right. So I think I think for sure transparency is important because you want your kid to know that you're you want the kid to know why you're doing something for him or why he has to do something and actually understand it. So even though they might not like you for it at that moment, when they grow older, they'll understand just as I have with my mom. Yeah, right. I, I think, think eventually, like especially if you pass right. twenty five years old, because that's where you finally your brain actually your, fully your brain develops. fully develops yeah. and matures, and right. you could really think about it and reflect upon yeah. things on a much higher level. Yeah. Side note, but that's exactly why car insurance companies have cheaper deals on people who turn twenty five or older. Anyways, yes. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and I think that still, though, it's so important to also tie transparency with trust. And the reason why I say that is because if you tell your kid not to do something and you say, hey, you have you cannot watch TV all the time. What about you? What if you're in front of the TV? What if one of the one one of the partners in the marriage or the mom or the dad or or whatever is on the screen and the other one is saying don't be on the screen so much right oh that that's just like yeah. a so, a chaotic family yeah. like well <laughs> it, it's 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 definitely a violation of trust and and transparency is because the mom hasn't explained to the child that or having a reason why other than saying Oh yeah, I know daddy is like watching videos all night and playing games all night and you can't and because we're adults to the child it doesn't make sense. And when and the problem is even though they may take your word for it now, when they grow older, they lose trust. And I believe I personally became rebellious because I lost trust. I lost trust that my parents did the things in my best interest for me. Right? 
Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to have to practice what you preach. Does your mom and dad uh, usually are on the same level of teaching you particular things or saying like what you can do and what you can't do? Uh, well, they haven't in a very long time because I think they um, they respect my boundaries and they, they respect who I'm becoming and transforming. And I've shown that I am responsible. So I don't think they tell me anymore. But uh, of course, like back then, a lot of times they would say, oh, don't do this. Don't do this. Oh, this is do this, do this, do that. But none of that ever really rubbed off on me more so than what my parents actually did. So what did they do? Like, for example, my dad is 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 the kind he's like a super gentleman. He'll he'll literally, you know, drop his stuff. If he sees a senior getting out of the car and having difficulties, he'll run over, grab his cane and, and help the person out of the car like that kind of person. That sounds like right? something like you. Would yeah, do. exactly. So I'm <laughs> saying that a lot of those traits from me, I have subconsciously gotten them from my dad. Mm. So however much of a gentleman he is, it's mostly how I am as well, but not because he said, do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. I, I learned through his actions. That's why you see kids, they're a sponge. Mm. They will start mimicking exactly what they see the people that they hang around, like they grow up with doing. Yeah, right? for example, like my, my sister's kid, uh, yeah. Brayden, he tends to like the clean a lot. That's, and, that's pretty good. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a good treat, you know, like having a kid that doesn't like mess up everything. Yeah. And leave well, he'll out. still mess it up, but at least he'll learn. He'll know how to clean it up. Yeah, he'll future. know how to clean. And this comes particularly from my mom, who's right. with him for most of the day, uh, taking right. care of him. And, oh, man, he's he's just like excited to have like a little towel and just like start wiping things. It's funny. Yeah. That, that's, that reminds me of a lot of kids. Like you see, you see, that's why like, uh I read somewhere where a like a um, a mechanic, car mechanic, right? His kid saw him and then like without him knowing just started playing with tools and pretending to be him under the car and he was freaking out <laughs> because he was a little kid. He was like, "Oh my god, don't crawl under the car." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I could see the yeah. the danger in that, but um yeah. I think I think in a way it's it's good that kids have the ability to you know, really follow what you're doing and yeah, for to sure, try for sure. Best. They 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 really really learn from you. So that's why I I am such a big believer that if you don't practice the traits and the values that you want your kids to have, they will not turn out the way you want them to. Yeah. So that means that really means how you want you to live your life. And I think for me. And for, I think for us, because we haven't quite figured out everything that we wanted to do and how to truly live lives ourselves, like we've, I, I would say that we're pretty, pretty fucking content. I'm, I'm happy all the time. Yeah. And, and this is, and this is something I had to cultivate because like I went through a series of really dark times, especially after my startup times and just. It was, it was a really dark, mo dark moment in my life. And I overcame that. I hope I brighten it for you. That's why your last name is Sud. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. So this happiness is cultivating by, and, and it's through a number of things. It's through a number of things. Like, 
I'm not going to get into it because that could be such a long topic that we can talk forever on. But I want to be happy and discover who I want to become, learn how to lead a fulfilling life, and teach that to my kid from day one. I I think that's really important, actually. Because kids, before they're two, they actually already, most of what you can imprint on them is already imprinted on them before the age of two. Yes. So one to two is when they actually really, really learn freaking everything, and they it just Im- imprints in their mind, and they're they're gonna chase the behaviors that you show them. This is because this is when their brain is really developing super yeah. fast, and they're just growing a bunch of brain yeah. neurons. So it's like those one to two years of their life, you yeah. better be a good parent, you know? Yeah. That's why. That's why it's so it's, it's critical so critical moment. to actually do that. Yeah. Well, in that case, like, what would you want to teach your kid if you had a kid? Like, what would you have them learn? Um, I think it's not so much what I would have them learn than it is how I want to teach them to learn. Because it doesn't, like, and this is this is something that Sadhguru Guru said. And um, he said that basically, you don't raise kids. What you raise is cattle. What you do is cultivate kids. And I, th- I thought of that. I was like, that is actually super interesting because you don't want to raise your kids to be an exact replica of you, right? If you, if people have their nuances, they have their problems, they have, you know, bad habits of their own, they have, and, and you really don't want your kid to be a replica of you because what is the point? If you think that, if you feel like, oh, my life itself isn't the most, fulfill that it can be i am not always constantly happy i am constantly stressed about this and and you know this is how my relationship is this is like this is how my job is like your kid if he grows up just like you that's all he will really have he'll learn the same values he'll get that same unhappiness so to me i don't think that's responsible as someone who wants to become a parent to influence my kid in that way. I think this is actually a, a very hard thing for most people because I think a lot of uh, our peers, especially, and just people in general, tend to have kids earlier than they would like to. I feel I feel like that because that's what society expects, right? Yeah. You wanna you wanna you need to go to school. You get to get a job. You have to get married. You have to have kids. As yeah. a society yeah. expects. So it's like you either have kids uh, maybe in your late 20s or maybe you have it one or two years after you get married. Yeah. Something like that. There's well, always like a time milestone. Well, I, 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 th- I think I think honestly it's a very personal choice. You know, that's it, it's subjective, right? Like if you're ready for it, by all means, go for it. And I know some people who can make great moms even if when they're 19 or 20, like super early. And I still see responsible parenting. So it's not really the age, but definitely there is an expectation by society that I don't like that rushes people who feel as if they have to have kids at that age or even if have kids at all. Yeah. And I mean, even I think like our parents kind of expect it, but at least they don't tell us. Our parents want kids. I'm pretty sure they do. But they don't pressure us. And that is actually what I appreciate a lot as a good parent. 
Yeah. Right. Same Not right. setting these expectations for your kids. Although I'm sure every parent, my our parents have, like, <sighs> my mom's like, oh, well, you know, like expect you to play piano or whatever and make you take piano classes and then of course when i was a kid she was like oh it's great if you would be a doctor to save people or whatever oh, that's or, what my mom says or a too. lawyer <laughs> they're smart and they make a lot of money exactly. like like i know like those are expectations but at least now that we've grown up i think they've really respected us and i like that because that's what i would also want for my kid being able to respect their decisions but first fully making sure and that they understand everything are you sure it's not because we're you know i mean you're the last kid and i'm in the the middle kid it's not because it's like we're born later and our parents are just tired of oh well, you know you you figure out in life what you want to be it could be i mean <laughs> we're not exactly young right and our parents are getting older they deserve the time to just relax and not worry about their kids yeah, I right? think I think after twenty years of yeah, taking care like of kid, they, I think I think parents it. typically yeah, tend to off. calm down and right, yeah. just settle in and just not care You've anymore. Seen a lot to life already. You've had your grandkids, yeah. well, not my family, but you know, yeah. Because yeah. back then, my my parents, you know, as as good of the parents they want to be, if we did something bad, like you know, take tissues out of the tissue box or you know, pinch our siblings, then my parents would go ahead and hit us with a tentil. Like, I don't know yeah, what it means yeah, exactly, but yeah, it's it was, like it's usually so, a wooden ruler. It, it, you know, it's like a wooden stick. It's so yeah. common in Asian families. Yeah, like, and then we get I, whacked on the butt or yeah, on the back, and yeah. oh, it hurts so bad. Yeah, that was that wasn't too bad. My mom, my my mom was always like, she was too, too soft hearted, and then I would pretend to cry harder than it really hurt. <laughs> And I, I just remember that. I was Wait, like, way to manipulate her. <laughs> I was, I was, I just knew I did not want to get hit with the full force of, of whatever she's hitting me. But my my grandma and my grandfather, they did not hold back. My grandfather hated my brother and I. How I th- come? You I guys were the rally ones. I think we were super mischievous. Yeah. <laughs> so so he hated us, and because he um he fought as a soldier, like oh, so he's like so, very disciplined and so, expects yeah, that too. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, see. I think he fought a soldier. I honestly don't know. Did he hit you guys or? Yeah, yeah. He chased us around the house with a, with a tongue tail, which is what you're talking about. Oh. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't I don't think it's the best way to really teach a kid, though. Uh, It's not. I understand discipline. I do believe in discipline. I am not yet sure how I would discipline my kids, but I do believe positive reinforcement and encouragement is the best way studies have shown it is the best way not not reinforce them with like here here's a sticker oh this is your grade you have grade a on this you have 100 percent. those are actually bad is because it teaches the kid to not have self-esteem if they ever fail because their whole lives they're set up to look for a grade so like an example is a straight a student has a in all their classes if they finally take a class that is actually really, really difficult beyond their ability and they get an F, all self-esteem gone because the value and everything they based their lives on was revolving around the grade A. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So positive reinforcement such as making them realize what they can build. Like, for example, if I'm building Legos and I'm like this and having them build it and they're 
build it into something amazing or solving a, a jigsaw puzzle and they do it and they see what they've built, I think that itself is the positive reinforcement. I see. Yeah. I see. I would kind of do things a little bit differently. How so? Uh, I, I think my way, uh, because I had grown up by, uh, you know, if, if the kids were bad, we would get hit by a wooden stick. I didn't think that worked. So instead, no. I would try to talk it out and yeah, try sure. to reason with them as logically and clearly and, and simple to a kid uh, as I can. Yeah. Because I feel that if you treat them like adults, they will also give you that same kind of respect compared to if you sort of treat them right. like they're inferior right. and you know, oh, I'm o- I'm always supposed to listen to mom and dad. You know, they're always right. right. You know, I don't want to get to that different level. Um, yeah, I'm just not being equal. But, I guess. But here is um, here's where it gets tricky, because kids who are before five, psychologically, they do not have the ability to fully understand. They imitate, but they don't understand exactly what they're doing. So it's only after five do their thoughts start forming and they realize the reasoning or the reasoning that you tell them. So if you explain it to them, they'll get it. But before five, what do you do? And this is something that, like I said, I wasn't quite ready to, to, to figure out how I'm going to discipline my kids. But here's just some very interesting ideas that I've read before when I researched it back then, which was some people say corporal punishment before the kid is five or be before the kid is able to reason on their own and not because they like corporal punishment but because it teaches the kid to stop so that one uh, up until the point they learn how to reason for themselves so if your kid is trying to stick this is an example i got from reddit if your child is trying to stick a fork into an outlet and he keeps trying to electrocute himself. Oh God. Like there is no reasoning. You just have to hit him for it so that he learns from that. But that is like super dangerous. Right. But okay. Right. In those circumstances. Right. Yes. Look, yeah. But, right. But but the problem, the reason why corporal punishment gets such a bad rep, get a bad, bad rap, is because people use it to abuse their kids. There is domestic violence is a serious issue kids getting in traumatized because of domestic violence is a huge issue that is why still for me i take that this whole topic very seriously so i can't i i i am not of the mind to use corporal punishment i understand what it does and i respect the discipline that it enforces doesn't that just invoke fear within it, the child? it does that's why there's that's why there's too many reasons right now for me not to do it but I have still yet to find a way that can substitute that. I think uh, an effective way, and I wouldn't know for sure because I haven't had my uh, tried it on a kid. Right. <laughs> but I did. shoot him with a water gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they would actually like Nerf that battle. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's to take away something that they value. Uh, greatly like maybe one of their toys or well that's kind of like grounding them that's an already i don't i I don't i don't know if it's a bad or good thing i think that's a bad thing because same thing it's like negative reinforcement you're not positively but if they behave properly then you could give it back to them and maybe give them like a hug like an extra 
you know, a little boost, you know. Yeah, like like what I what I said, like what I what I was thinking that I talked to you the other day was if a kid is bad, then maybe instead of taking something away from him, because taking something away from someone is not always the best way. Uh yeah, because people outgrow those values and a lot of things people think they need but they don't really need. And then yeah, yeah, you know. Different personalities. Yeah, too. and then you're still invoking fear if you think about it, right? You're still invoking fear because you're dishing out punishment. So it can still turn out negatively for the child. So I would say I would say I would make the kid do something that I know they don't like with me so that it's not just a hey, I'm breaking my trust here. I'm doing it for your own good. That's why I'm doing it as well. So I'm going to be like, you are going to run laps. You're going to run four laps, five laps, and I'm going to hate it, but I'm going to run with you. And then I'm going to be like, Tommy or whatever his name is, you've made us both suffer. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, say, I'm so disappointed in you. No, I'm not. No, no, no. See, I'm, I would never say that because saying disappointed is so, it's so, it can be, to me, I feel like it's worse than saying I'm angry at you. Because when I'm saying I'm angry, I'm expressing anger, everybody gets angry. But when you're saying I'm disappointed in you, the kid could look at that and use that as a metric. And especially when when parents use it, like this is a really dick way of using it. As if you want your kids to get straight A's and then like they get Tommy gets a B and you're like, I'm so disappointed in you, Tommy. I thought you could do better. Yeah, I, I know, see a lot of Asian parents saying that. And actually. that's so traumatizing because now the kid is forever going to feel as if they can't meet your expectations you're going to be disappointed in them and therefore revolve their entire mindset around that around that disappointment and feeling as if they've never they're never good enough for anything anyone including themselves self-esteem plummets so basically this is just setting them up for uh, a kind of character that just isn't able to succeed or do anything right yeah i think it's such a hard thing to get out of is because Mm. like why do people not try in the first place because fear of failure so that fear of failure is amplified like a million fold well i am glad that my parents haven't said that to me yeah yeah i am so proud of you (laughs) thanks i'm so proud of you too thanks (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah all right what was the other things that you um, had in your little an, another your hit list? Who's on your hit list? No, you seriously you better not be me. One of the things that I thought would definitely be important as well, and this is also it relates to trust and transparency, and this is thoughtfulness, being mindful of your kid. I will call these the three T's. Okay. Four T's. By the fourth one is Tiffany. Hey, that's me. (laughs) Oh, three T's by T. (laughs) Never mind. It doesn't sound as cool as I thought. Imagine in my head. Anyways, (laughs) being thoughtful is important. Is because uh, I think that a lot of the times, like for example, you're just telling your kid, hey, you need to learn how to play piano. I'm going to sign you up for piano lessons. If you're not thoughtful, you don't understand whether or not your kids will like it. If you explain something to them why they shouldn't do something, you don't see it from their perspective. And oftentimes, you're, you, you might go, what's the point of seeing it from my kid's perspective? 
important if you want to establish a long, healthy relationship with your kid. Because it's trust. If you don't show your kid respect, if you don't treat him or her as if they are another human being that is capable of eventually making their own ideas, right? They're not going to respect you. And then that's what I just believe. Like, like family, sure, family is family. But what is really family except for the blood that runs through your veins, right? Mentally, psych- psychologically, there is no attachment, right? You do have a bond, emotional bond, from, from probably from your, from your mom because of biology. But you can't, again, practice traits that you want your kids to have. You have to abide by the same rules. And so being thoughtful means, like, for example, um, when you get angry, like what we said before, you don't say things that you know will hurt your kid, like saying, I'm disappointed in you. You think through that before you decide whether or not you're going to say it, right? Most people out of... think before you act. Yeah, most people out of anger just say it. And, um, yeah, those are definitely the things that I want to avoid because it's just not worth it. But in terms of things that I would actually do, because this is an entirely, entirely different approach, is to be thoughtful, I would want to know what my kid appreciates in life. And one of those things is making them a lunchbox. And you're like, you're like, you're like who cares like, about a lot of lunchbox, right? Yeah, yeah, a lot of moms do it, but it's different. This is where you understand your kid more. A kid doesn't care about how much money you have. The concept of your money doesn't really matter. The kind of car you're driving really doesn't quite matter. None of that stuff matters. At lunchtime, all he cares about is being able to show off something cool to his friends. I think most kids are like that. And yeah. probably what we like to do when yeah. we were kids is like, oh, I have like McDonald's or like yeah. I have exactly chicken nuggets So today. for me, it is not just going to be uh, making him a lunchbox, but it is making him a lunchbox that's art. I'm going to draw like spaghetti art. They're going to have a spaghetti art. Okay, for example, it's like this. If I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a panda bento, I'm gonna use seaweed and rice balls to make a panda. <laughs> and I'm gonna shape it and it's gonna be cute. And then every time the kid open it, it's gonna be a surprise. And all of his friends are gonna be like, dude, I wish I had a dad like that. And to a kid, that is infinitely more valuable as an experience than whatever toy you buy him because sure you have that toy but what every kid really wants is more time and more love from their parents you know what i would add to that lunchbox chips no because <laughs> you like chips i would add some vegetables because you're missing it oh put some, god put some kale on the side to look like it's grass with the pandas eating Ew, and then Tommy, your mom's makes and then gross some little, food some little carrots to Yuck. have the stem of flowers <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cute, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It, it, but but it's just like you know being thoughtful, and that is such a good trait to cultivate, even if it's not just for your kid. Honestly, it's it's it feels good to be kind, to think for other people, to s- show more empathy and be more compassionate. I think most parents would be like, "Oh, I don't have time to make such a 
nice lunchbox for my kid. Oh, I'm in a rush. I got to go to work and all, right? That is exactly, exactly why I'm not ready to have kids. (laughs) And and, and the reason is this. I want to be a parent. I want to be a dad who is there for the kid. I don't just want to be there at the end of the day being like, oh, hey, you know, Tommy, like, oh, how was school today? And not really care and not really involve myself because I'm really tired from work and I just want to go watch a movie, read whatever, right? I don't want to be that kind of dad. And it means that I need to have time. And what that time means is I need to have first put myself in a financial situation where I can afford to spend that kind of time with my kid. But it is also the reason why we work online. It is the reason why we don't want to take a traditional job. Because even though you take a traditional job and you say, okay, I'm saving up money and then I don't have to, I, I can just focus on watching my, watching my kid for the next few years before I go back to work. That solution doesn't work is because regardless, you are missing a giant part of your child's development. You are not there, right? And I hate that. And a lot of people, like, like I say, I I say time versus money. Like, I I don't say like, oh, I need more money to raise kids because it's really not about the money. Yeah. It's really more about the time. People people always say, "Oh, I'm I'm working, I'm working. I can't I can't leave work. I have to work longer hours. I need to make this money because that way I'll in the future I'll have time to spend with my kids." That is not true. They make the money because they just want to fund the activities and pay for to the kids' tuition and pay all for like the kids' school. tuition. Yeah, it's just p- but basically pay for things that they like and a kid is simply one of the excuses that they use to justify the time at work. But it's not about the money. Even if I didn't have that much money, but I had a lot of time, but enough money to survive and spend as much time as I want with my kid, I would just simply still give the kid a ton of experiences that can be cheap, right? I could learn on youtube how to build a sailboat with a bunch of sticks and glue (laughs) and we can just sail it down the river like that itself is an activity that your kid will forever remember maybe develop a passion for woodcraft yeah i actually see um uh i don't know if i should call the prom or like a concern but i feel that nowadays kids have so many toys so many things to play with like their whole room would literally literally be covered with stuffed animals and legos and blocks and no give give me a camel don't take <laughs> away my stuffed <laughs> and then, animal and the thing and the thing is they don't even play with all of them they just take maybe one or two out for the day and you know that's it the because, rest of it's in in dust because the parent bought it to them there is no concept of having to work for it ever it's just something that's oh it's here it's, oh, it's free a therefore gift. i'm going to oh, i'm not going to appreciate like a nice, it exactly nice little yeah. gift for so you so that's why that's why the more you toys they beg for it is because they want it and the desire is there but you really get nothing out of buying it other than spoiling your kid actually i admit that i have always wanted more toys for my parents because yeah. i felt like i <clears throat> never had enough 
and all I had was really stuffed animals, probably about <laughs> 20 of them. But I wanted things like little ponies. I, and I, I think the <laughs> best gift that I ever got from my parents were books. Like I, I would not like books <laughs> when I was little. Well, I start I started on a book and like, oh man, I got hooked. I just kept reading for years. I just read books because I couldn't afford to pay for toys anyways, and I had less interest in toys than I did um, a book. Like, I literally didn't have a PlayStation for the longest time because my parents just didn't want to buy it for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my well, my parents didn't really buy us any video games until my dad started to borrow from his colleague his PS2. Yeah, and that's when it really got us started. We're just like, Dad, Dad, because the PS2, he had to give it back to his yeah. colleague, and we're like, Dad, can you buy us a PS2? And then we would just keep begging him and begging him until one day he actually got us the PS2, and then we would be playing for hours, hours and hours the whole night, and yeah. it was pretty pretty bad but um, well, it was games, really fun games are fun it's all like, oh, dude I, if i could go back to games man yeah. I, I i would but i know that it's not as um i can't i can't go back to games because once i'm on i'm gonna be addicted dude, i wouldn't be dude, you should play wow world, you, war, world you, of warcraft you are trying dude, to destroy so our good. relationship if you play it i'll play it too with you <laughs> okay maybe maybe the future <laughs> yeah there's just too much stuff to do right now but like if uh, see that's another thing with time right like i would love to play some games with my child once in a while like nothing nothing board not, games yeah board games but even if it meant like playing a video game i would love to have him play something that's more classic and fun just to have appreciation for all of the effort that still went into older games that Solitaire. i enjoyed no that's like <laughs> That's a classic I, game. I, oh, <laughs> I can't even classify that as a game. It's oh. well, that's that's what I usually played way back then. What? Well, Why do we'll you play get... Minesweeper? Yeah, I do. Ah. Wait, what did you play? Early oh, okay. games. If, out of all the Windows games at that era, the best free one was the pinball game. That was fun. That one was alright. That one was fun. It's not I that engaging. That yeah, well, whatever. It doesn't really make you think that much. None of those games make you think. Okay, Solitaire I get. Solitaire does. Minesweeper does. <sighs> okay, true. <laughs> true. Okay, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bam. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, so that's an instance when I would play games, but I really need to have the time, right? So, which is why I think I think for me it's so important, and I have notes about this here, but. Yeah, it, it's it's so important to have the time. And people who say like, "Oh, I'm going to I need to make this amount of money. I need to be able to like oh, sell my company and 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 start this and then therefore I will have more time in the future when when the business takes off or I get promoted whatever." It's not true because if you don't give up the time now, if you don't respect that time now, you probably won't until it's too late is because if you don't respect it now, it means that you're willing to make com other compromises for it. You'll be like, Oh, I have to clean the house. I have to fix the garage. I don't have to spend, I don't have time to spend time with my kids. Oh, but today is, is, is today's boys night out. We've got to go to the bar. Oh, it's karaoke night. We've got to do this. So time with your kid, because you're so used to not giving it, 
you'll adapt to that state of mind. Yeah. And another thing is, it's a lie to say you're ever going to get more time if you have a promotion or if your business is taking off because it just simply means you have greater responsibilities of a different level. So your business takes off. Now you have to hire staff to take care of the more customers that you have. You have more complaints. You need to be able to train the staff more. You train that staff. And then now you need to look for real estate for the staff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It never, ever ends, which is why for me, most important thing is to really, really create the lifestyle where I am in charge of my own hours and I have the flexibility and the freedom to raise my kid and be there for him before they entirely grow up to become an adult. Yeah, yeah. I would probably do the same thing because since I'm not ready for it, you know, I I just feel that I haven't fully experienced life to the fullest. Like I haven't, I feel like I haven't developed a skill that's yet to be like expert level. And I haven't... Um, acquired as much wisdom as I need to to teach a kid and I feel there's there's just so many things about life that I feel like I'm lagging behind that I want to know more about so that I could have that knowledge and having the skills to teach that kid what they really need to learn instead of saying like okay let's just have kids and I'm just going to go with the flow of it and see what happens. That's because just not responsible. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it wouldn't be res- uh, responsible because I don't know how they would turn out, but it's probably not going to be the best. Especially with the amount of stuff that we know about the formation of a fetus. Like, the development of a fetus. Like, okay, like, I wasn't expecting well, this kind well, of well, Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, it's just like for, for example, like needing to research more and understand more about what you eat that would affect your kid right and not uh, only that but the mitochondria that we pass down to our kids our dna I, and and would i want to pass if i'm i'm out of shape like right now i am do i really want to pass those genes down to my child because what you eat affect your dna it changes it literally changes your dna and if i've been still on junk and i'm saying like oh yeah i'm gonna have a kid right now your kid is going to be affected, right? There's a reason why the whole debate on successful people who, when they grow up is it nurture or nature. It's both. It really is both. The parent themselves can alter their own genes so that if they're healthy, they have healthier kids. And also the way you teach the kids is nurture. So basically to sum it up, I would say that who you are right now is basically going to reflect the kind of kids you're gonna who raise. you are right now physically and mentally and emotionally and emotionally all gonna affect your kids no doubt yeah so it's gonna be similar to where you are at that point yeah so you know just as of now probably not anytime soon and you know if it's if i get to definitely the- definitely not this week maybe next no seriously <laughs> <laughs> But, but, you know, if, if things, uh, like year, if years pass by and let's say I am 40 and let's say I'm still not ready to have kids, then maybe we won't have kids. 
Like and maybe I'm, we won't have kids, or maybe I will freeze my eggs if that I have, works. If I I'm, have the money for that. Yeah, I like. I really want kids. I would. I think that I would make a damn good parent, and I would love to share my experiences and see how that plays out in a kid like really nurture a kid and and give him all the all opportunities that i never had that i thought i should have had i think all parents are like that right? they want exactly they, they want, want the best kid, for their kids yeah to do things yeah. that they wish they could have you know yeah and, and so and so i really do want a kid but before the kid comes you first because without you there is no relationship to talk about there oh my god so so pretty <laughs> man i could just look at your eyes all day this is be, how and, i attracted him in the first and, place and, and seeing and seeing my reflection in your eyes what? i am so beautiful <laughs> how dare you <laughs> i wish i had a mirror behind you <laughs> yeah um so if you're not ready though then never gonna push you because that is the least I can do because you are going to be in labor for nine months. Like, yeah, there's no, and I'm not, and I'm not, dude. guys have it easy because it's just like, Oh, put it in. And Oh, we just got to wait for the kid to hatch, you know, (laughs) like, but for, but for women, it's uh, such a long, long, painful journey of that easy to take care of a pregnant wife. There's still a lot of obligations and responsibilities and be like, oh, I'm going to buy this to cheer you up. And like, oh, my God, she's angry at me for no reason. Oh, my God, she's throwing Isn't up. Isn't that like, like an everyday thing anyways? Well, you don't throw up. You don't throw things at you. <laughs> you don't have tantrums. Oh, yeah. The pregnant woman would be whack, more, more, more sens- out of hormones. More, sens- more sensitive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know because I haven't been pregnant yet. But yeah. But I hear um, stories about it. I don't know. I wouldn't know. You say can't, like if, if a woman vomits, it's usually a girl, and if they don't, then it's usually a boy. That's what no I hear. N- yeah, I, 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 don't I, I don't see how that can biologically be that way. So maybe it is a myth. But again, I am not a scientist. I would not know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just off the top of my head. But whatever. Yeah. And, and regardless, doesn't matter. Yeah. Both boys or girls are good. Yeah, I don't mind uh, which. Uh, gender writer as long as i'm able to teach him or her what i could then that's all that matters okay i think i think well that definitely covered all the notes that i had on kids and i think we did pretty well i think we talked about i think we covered we covered everything we mostly wanted to cover how we would raise a kid whether or not we're ready for kids if we want kids the traits of having a good parent to a kid Oh, um, speaking of that, actually, along with transparency, yeah. uh, while you were talking about uh, something else, I forgot. I actually feel another good uh, trait or value to have to teach a kid is to have them have their own voice. Because I feel that a lot of parents tend to you know, be a dominant figure and the kid would always be submissive and obedient and always listening. But never really having a say in what he or she wants or feels or believes. And I feel that actually, I don't know, doesn't give them a character to say. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely, that's 
really, really important for a kid's growth is yeah. to be able to give them a voice and allow them to develop that voice. And I think you do that by asking them questions that involve their own, like they, they decide for themselves. So example is you can say, okay, Tommy, do you want an apple or peanut butter jelly sandwich? And they get to decide and make a choice, but not so vague that you're like, oh, Tommy, what do you like to eat? And they're like, pizza. And then now you've got to go buy pizza or they're going to throw a tantrum. So, <laughs> so, but it gives them a choice and it makes it so that they're able to start realizing that, oh, I have a say that you're treating them as an adult or a peer, right? Yeah. And as when an they equal. Yeah. And when they grow up, grow older, you can eventually rely on them more by saying, you know, um, if you could do this for us, it would be really appreciated. And then I'm going to do this for you. Like, like that. Yeah. Because I think that if you allow them to have their own voice, uh, it really impacts their, their future. Because I see a lot of people uh, often working for bosses, you know, and they would always just listen to what the boss says, you know, here's some instructions, go, go work on this task. And the majority of people would do it because I think in a lot of households, it's because they have always been raised to to listen, to be obedient, to be uh, told what to do. Okay, this could totally branch off to another topic because I don't think it's just necessarily that. The reason is because most people are afraid of challenging the status quo. They did trials, and one of the trial was that supposedly they did they 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 questioned a thousand this is off the top of my head so i don't really remember but don't hate me for it if i get it wrong but (laughs) about a thousand scientists that work for the fda apparently 40 percent of them are afraid of voicing what they think would be against the status quo they would not feel comfortable voicing a a huge number yeah they are uncomfortable voicing any, any any disagreement away from the status quo and that's crazy because that's really how people are they did studies on african american kids they did studies on on women versus men like these were studies that just showed that people when in a more negative or worse situation adapt to that situation. And because they've adapted, they choose would rather choose to adapt than to speak out. Jesus. So maybe this has to do with that as well. So, so that for they, example, if they had a study and uh, there's a lot of studies saying that, I'm just going to make this up, but like, let's say women have a higher intelligence than men. Or something. And a lot of scientists say like, oh, yeah, we found the study to be confirmed, like valid. Right. But then because of the status quo, maybe they're afraid and they say, oh, actually, that's. that's No, that is that is the truth. There is actually a science study to it. Like like there is no there is no truth to men being smarter than women. They're equally smart. They're equally capable. But when uh, I think another study was when they were taking a test and then the, the answers had them. Like the, they, they talked about men versus women or something or re- talked about man or the test was something in context to them versus a man. And they scored worse on that test than the woman who never talked about that subject at all. Mm. So, for example, if they were talking about someone gave a speech about gender inequality and then afterwards had the woman take a test, they scored poor on the test versus the peop- the woman who didn't have that talk before the test. 
Uh, I see. So same thing as same thing as like I think I believe like African Americans compared to yeah yeah, no no this is a huge one. African Americans scored higher on tests when Obama was president. (laughs) When Obama was elected president, I think for the first week or two, he gave them hope. No, it literally changed the test scores of these people, and which is to say that yeah, if they see a change and they believe it it really changes their perspective well you know know what we need a woman president next then (laughs) yeah (laughs) look at all the women's scores go up yeah skyrocket the hell out of here yeah that'd be pretty impressive that'd be really interesting that would be interesting i hope they do the same study although it's mostly proven now that i'm pretty sure that would actually happen yeah but yeah yeah for sure yeah very interesting study okay uh, I think we talked about everything then. Yeah, I am. I'm done. All right, time to end this podcast. Yes. I just have one thing I would like to share. It is a joke. Oh. <laughs> Please. Actually, actually, I want to ask you a question. I'm sorry. I I'm married. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, do you want to have kids? Yeah. You. Yeah, I, I told you. Yeah. I w- I want to have kids. Oh, okay. you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. want to have kids. Yeah, so don't, don't, don't worry. But no pressure, no pressure for no sure. No problem. I love you. I love you too. Okay, so here's the joke. But you have to ask me so I can initiate. You have to ask me. Okay, shoot. You should. Sorry. You should. <laughs> you. You should actually like the the whole question that you asked me is the can is that joke. So ask me. Do you want to have kids? <laughs> Do you want to have kids, my bear? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. I I love I love your puns. Oh. Oh, so good. Good night. Good night.